Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. It could save so much trouble if they had just, just hired me before. I'll tell you when you guys are clowns. I should be, that's what I, my job should be. Are we acting like clowns? Let's call Dan. And SI's Pat Forty. And the other thing, okay, the reason there's midnight yell practice is because you're in College Station and there's nothing else to do at midnight on Friday, so you go to the stadium. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. Ross Dellinger is out for this broadcast. Unforeseen circumstances, so uh, he has his excused absence. We were expecting him, but uh, did not happen. So you're stuck with Pat. Yeah, same two crabby voices you heard uh, for much of this year. Ross has not quit the show. No, no. It's an epidemic, go. but in this case, <laughs> we, <laughs> we think he hasn't. He's not, like, testing the waters. <laughs> He's with not in the portal. He's not signed with an agent. He's not in the portal. That's right. Stay away from us on our college football podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, interesting week three with uh, some fallout coming from week two. And uh, I think we have one game with the ranked opponents. It is Miami visiting Texas A&M. Some people dub this the NIL game, but you would know Jimbo Fisher said nobody. He's gotten an NIL dollar from AM. Tell you what, anybody who did should have it should be made to refund it after last week. <laughs> Miami, uh, they're not they're not hiding it. Fine with me. This is a big this is a this was a big game that got a lot bigger. And on both sides. But let's start with AM. The offense is uh is dreadful. Uh the question is whether you keep Haynes King as your quarterback. He had just 97 yards passing. We went through all this on the uh, overreaction. You know, they didn't get 100 yards passing or running. The offense looked terrible. It's not all Haynes King's fault, but Max Johnson, LSU transfer, is sitting there. Certainly could make a, could be a possibility. They could also go with one of their recruits. They could do a lot of things. And then there's all the questions of, you know, is Jimbo off- Jimbo Fisher's offense stale? He is the play caller. He admits that if this continues, he'd be willing to give up. Possibly, uh, you always evaluate things. He'd give up his uh, play calling. Last season, right now, A&M is 103rd nationally in total offense. It has just nine first downs. 
or had just nine first downs against App State. And they are 71st, they were 71st in total offense last year, 88th in passing, 56th in scoring offense. Uh, their defense is great. Offense is not. So uh, let's start with AM because they lose this and it could really go sideways for the Aggies. And nobody, I think, saw that coming. Uh, no, I, I mean, I was not super high on them coming into the season, but I sure didn't foresee them scoring 14 points against App State and losing that game. And they weren't very good the week before against Sam Houston, FCS team. They're averaging 22.5 points a game. They're 13th out of 14 in the SEC in scoring and in total offense. It, yeah, this could get sideways in a hurry. I mean, are you kidding? Given the amount of investment they have made uh, to try to, to money whip the sport to win, uh, you can't start one and two with home losses to App State and Miami, even though Miami is, is you know, a quality program and App State's not chopped liver, but you don't schedule App State and pay them a million dollars to come in and beat you. So it would cost an absolute fortune to fire Jimbo Fisher because he's got the greatest contract known to man. He's got years and the, gun, the guarantee is all one way. It's all his uh, I think right now the guarantee to, to buy him out would be like $90 million. $90 million, not $19, $90 million. <laughs> too is, much even for the Aggies. Is it too even much? Even for the Aggies. Yeah. I mean, unless some oil tycoon, you know, the price for, per barrel keeps going up and they some oil tycoon just says, I'll, I'll do it. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. So... You got him, and you're stuck with him. So you better start winning some games. You don't want to be paying an 8-4 and four coach this much money, and that's what he's been other than the pandemic year. So a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on Texas A&M in this game. Well, they got Arkansas coming the next week. Yeah. Then they're at Mississippi State, and they're at Bama. You're not going to expect any kindness in Tuscaloosa. Oh, no. At South Carolina. We're not sure what that program is going to be this year. But, you know, no, then Mississippi shows up, then Florida shows up, then you're at Auburn, which could be in any spot. Uh, Mighty UMass shows up. <laughs> and then uh, LSU comes at the end of the year. So, but certainly the middle of this season could get ugly or they can rally and put this together and, and, and make everyone forget about App State. Um, but it starts, uh, it starts on Saturday. It's just so much hype on 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 A and M. Uh, I think you know the fans really expect to be as well they should with this level of recruiting and this level of commitment. Expect to be in that national championship race, and that's probably gone at this point. Yeah, that, you went out. I figured they were at least a year away anyway. That recruiting class was historic, but it's they're brand new yeah. freshmen. Even you know. Football's different than basketball. You, you you know, you can't do a Kentucky basketball deal in football where you just trot out a bunch of freshmen and they're really good. Um, you know, they're not physically ready for the most part. And you go into the SEC, man, that's that's a a big man's league. So, uh, you know, if you want to all of a sudden try to start a dozen freshmen in the SEC West, good luck. So, like, if you had to pick a co which coach would you rather be right now? Jimbo Fisher or Steve Sarkeesian? Oh, I'd much rather be Sark. Much rather be Sark. Although, I mean, I wouldn't be want crazy anything. about... No, he hasn't. But at least everybody thinks that you are now on the right path. So at least for this week, I would like to be Sark. 
you know, you lost Alabama. It was a just a gut buster loss by a point, but you played Alabama to the wall, uh, and that's you know that's that's the kind of thing you you build hope off of, and they they now have hope there. They got Arch Manning coming. Everything you know, the future cell right now is all looking good for Texas uh, at A and M. The future is probably good there too, given the recruiting. But you weren't expecting to have to build for the future. You're expecting to compete this year. Yeah, I just think they're a little more built. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe that offense is just too too old, too old fashioned. Just got to do something. Uh, all right. Flip side on this: Hurricanes. Been waiting for Miami to get back. Okay, they have Mario Cristobal. They have the coach that they want. Has not been a great run the last 20-something years, really, uh, since, you know, it fell off under Larry Coker. Randy Shannon didn't get much done. Al Golden didn't get much done. Mark Richt had, like, one 10-win season, but that was it. That was treading water, and then Manny Diaz never got it done. Um, This is a real opportunity. I don't think anyone thought that they would go in ranked higher uh, or anything like that, but Tyler Van Dyken is really good. I think he's number three QB in Mel Kuyper's uh, draft rankings. This is a a real opportunity because the AM defense is legit. Now he has they've played Bethane Cookman and Southern Miss, so we don't know. Is Miami ready for this? Uh, I mean, I would have a week ago. I would have said no. I don't think they are. Uh, but now, heck, I mean, if 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 A and M's going to play like that, then maybe they are ready. You know. It, Miami was not very good starting against Southern Miss. That that could have simply just been not respecting your opponent. Possibly they spent all week looking ahead at AM, that sort of thing. But they were behind late in the first half against Southern Miss, and then they got it together, and then they rolled. It was like 30 to 7. But Van Dyke is good. He's very good. I mean, he's he's one of those guys, yeah, the pros like the tools. 6'4, 224, so he's got size and he's got an arm. Uh, so he's, people are very high on him. They've got some other players to go with him. I don't know whether they have enough. Uh, we'll see defensively so far, pretty good. You know, I, I don't know. I just, we'll see if they can, if they can hold up in the, at the line of scrimmage on both sides. That's often been the differentiator between SEC and ACC last year. I think it was eight to one SEC versus ACC games. Anyway, I think there's there's a little more optimism in general about the ACC. They're performing pretty well so far. They had a bunch of road wins. Uh, now can you go into 100,000-seat stadium on a Saturday night and get a road win there against an SEC opponent? That's the key question. Defense of Miami, if they can shut that offense down the first two drives and let the grumbles and yeah. the boos and the angst, all of it in the dark of – of uh, College Station come down on that team, I think they really have a chance. But yeah. man, if the, it's like A and M's ready to collapse on its under its own expectations, and and uh, and so like I, it's just there's just so much going on there that I think if you can get a couple stops early, um, yeah. just will be huge. So you know, I, it's funny. I'm actually I'm doing the podcast from Marshall. Uh, which, of course, got the great win over Notre Dame. I was talking to Charles Huff, who, by the way, you might as well be talking to Nick Saban. He was an assistant coach to Saban, and he says all the same things. Very Saban. Uh, but he's a little more patient and kind with the media, I will say. Uh, but one of the things he said, he says he thinks young people are very momentum-driven these days. 
if things are going well in their, li- their life, they're very up and they keep going, tend to keep going well. If something goes bad, they get on a negative momentum side and it's, it's a lot of work to get them out of that. And so, you know, if, you're, if you are Texas A&M, you're in a negative momentum cycle right now. And to your point, if you start badly, that could really snowball on them. Yeah. He, he really does sound just like Nick Saban. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, maybe the most Nick Saban of them all. All right. Uh, I, so <laughs> video emerged. You know, we're talking A&M's expectations. And, you know, they have the, the big midnight yell uh, cheer practice. Yes. I'm going to use a- Aggies have their own like parlance. I'm going to use all the wrong language. <laughs> they do. They have their own. They have their a own fake dictionary, army. Basically, they have yeah. a fake army. You call them alum. No, we're not alums. We're former students. I don't know. Yeah, they, it's, it's it's weird. It's it weird. weird. It's a cult. Okay. <laughs> well, they do this thing on Friday night. They have a cheer midnight yell. I believe it is called. And if it's not, I don't care. It is. That's what it's okay. called. Okay. Say there you go. I try. And uh, things got a little salty last week. I don't know whether the App App State uh, players heard this, but uh, we got a lot of audio today. Play this one, Sean. Uh, This is uh, this isn't good. I had to Google this team to make sure that they're even real. I was really confused because Appalachia is definitely not a state. It's a state of mind. But, sure enough, I found them, and they're located deep, and I mean deep, in the backwoods. Just like you would think any hillbilly college that names themselves the Mountaineers. I just hope that these guys can get here tomorrow all right, because I know for a fact that half of their football team can barely even read the name on their jerseys, let alone read a map. It's a shame that the only two brain cells that all these guys have left are going to get knocked out by our wrecking crew defense tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Where to start? Okay. First off, I mean, I, I don't know. This kid. He's trying, I guess. Uh, I don't know what he's trying. Let's start with this. Yeah. You can't call if you're Texas A&M and you're calling someone a hillbilly. <laughs> if you're you're doing that while you're wearing overalls. Yeah, he's wearing. That's okay. true. He's wearing overalls and Adidas sneakers and I don't know what. And what does it, it says? What does it say? Wrecking crew on his. Sh- I don't even know what it says. Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 that's them, right? That, well, the Wrecking Crew is a defense. No, but they, they, no, the, are they the Roughnecks? No, no, Rough that's necks, Oklahoma. I don't know what. That's I, Oklahoma. But anyway, they I, are the what, cheerleaders. You can't, you can't be like, whoa, we're the big city slickers here in, <laughs> in College Station. Come what are you on. doing? <laughs> what are you doing? It makes no sense at all. Yes, yeah. Boone, North Carolina is the sticks. It's also gorgeous. College Station isn't even pretty. I like no. College Stations, but what are you doing? <laughs> College Station, flat, beige, and in the middle of nowhere. You watch the sunset over the Bazos River, or whatever that thing, Bezos <laughs> River. What is that river? The Brazos. Brazos yeah. River. I'm getting everything wrong. Yeah. Boone's gorgeous. Yeah, it, you're right. They're hillbillies. What the hell are you guys? Yeah. 
<laughs> I was a lot of kids from suburban Houston and Dallas, but yeah. you chose to move to College Station. Okay. Do we really want to get into the, the academic qualifications here? <laughs> the Harvard of what? Central Texas or something? The Harvard of the Brazos River? <laughs> the Harvard of sagebrush country out in yeah, East Texas, Southeast Texas, wherever yeah. the hell they are. A&M Midnight, yeah. We love you. Dial it down a little bit. Come up with a little better than their dumb hillbillies. Yeah, I... I will say, like, to me, college kids saying the other college kids were getting ready to play are dumb is like, that's every week in every every school, isn't it? Like, you're always making fun of whoever you're playing saying they're dumb. So Safety school, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. It's I mean, all right, you know. it's okay, you'll all work for us someday. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, that part's kind of whatever. But, but the sticks, yeah. the hillbillies. <laughs> that's the thing. That is that is the pot calling the kettle black for sure. And and the other thing, okay, the reason there's midnight yell practice is because you're in College Station and there's nothing else to do at midnight on Friday, <laughs> so you go to the stadium. <laughs> in Austin, Texas, they ain't going to the stadium for yell practice at midnight on Fridays. They're on 6th Street having fun because there's a lot of fun to be had. A&M, not so much. And do you really need practice? You need practice for this? <laughs> is this how we convey our superior intelligence? By practicing cheering at a football game? All right. This one, speaking of negative momentum, I don't know that winning this game means that much to either team, except they didn't lose it. Penn State, Auburn. Now, Auburn is a uh, soap opera train wreck. <laughs> the boosters tried to get rid of Brian Harson last year, it did not work. Uh, he is still there. However, uh, recruiting's not good. The team, we don't know, but, you know, we will, we will see uh, what they can pull off. This is certainly the game to do it. But they are dying to, again, pounce uh, and make this awful for, for, for Auburn. Uh, it is a team at war with its fan base, even though the fan base will show up in force wearing orange. On Saturday, orange out. We have an orange out coming. All right. Okay. The uh, the orange out. But, you know, they got by San Jose State. They're, you know, who knows? Who knows what Auburn has? They still got some players. But there's sort of an expectation that they will lose, and I think some of the fans will actually be happy if they lose. Uh, if not, they'll just be. Uh, it, but if you can survive this, look out Brian Harson. right? Who knows? He ain't fired yeah. yet. That's right. He's 2-0, right? Beat Penn State. Be a great night. Penn State is 2-0. There are plenty of people who aren't that excited about James Franklin. Not quite. Everyone's trying to run him out. They just gave him a, I don't know what, $100 million deal or $90 million deal. But they want to see that expectations to win. And with Auburn being what Auburn is, I don't think Penn State can spin this as, well, we went down the SEC and lost on the road. The, the expectation is Penn State will win. So you kind of have this situation where both teams need to avoid the loss because everything could could spiral out. Penn State, uh, you have a potential quarterback controversy. Sean Clifford uh, started his 35th game against Ohio. Uh, longtime starter. Uh, I think he's a 60-year. Is he a 60-year guy? Yeah, like 26th year, I think. 20. <laughs> but freshman Drew Aller is the five-star 
stud, and this will certainly why Franklin's got bright future. He comes in and looks tremendous both against Purdue, uh, or certainly just shows a lot of talent against Purdue, and they look very good against Ohio, as everybody did. Uh, wild game that Penn State had. Penn State had 17 different guys catch a pass last week. <laughs> 17 receivers. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, they are deep. But they need to win it. If Sean Clifford struggles, how quick would you go to Aller? Can you put Aller in there on the road in what will be uh, an incredible environment? So much going on there. So uh, I guess I, I will I will posit this question. Who needs to lose less or more? Or who needs to lose less? <laughs> who needs to lose less? Uh, I think Penn State can afford the loss more than, than Auburn and certainly more than Brian Harson can. First of all, they are at home. Secondly, as you said, the buzzards are circling. They forced out Alan Green, the athletic director who hired Harson and had probably been his buffer, his protection between the the insane boosters and uh, and Harson. And uh, you know, you've you've won two games, but you haven't beaten anybody. They were not impressive against San Jose State. Uh, you've got five straight home games to open the year. You win this and get to 3-0, and you start looking at those next two, hey, let's get to 5-0, and and all of a sudden you're pulling a Tommy Tuberville and change, ch- saving your job a year after they tried to submarine you for Bobby Petrino. Uh, you know, Auburn's been down this road before, so I, I wouldn't say it's impossible for Brian Harson to keep his job. If he loses this one, it gets a lot harder, so... Yeah, Penn State's favored by three points. Uh, and you know what? I mean, this is not a good Auburn team. James Franklin has been there at Penn State certainly, you know, well long enough to establish his program. The question is, yeah, do they do they need to make a change at quarterback? Are they good enough on the line? Uh, they love their young running backs. Sean Clifford, I, you, Dan, you've seen college football coaches enough over the years, you know James Franklin doesn't want to play Drew Aller down there. He wants to play Sean Clifford. He wants to play his 26th-year senior and just hope everything goes smoothly. But it could be one of those situations. If you're not moving and you're doing nothing, you might have to at least throw him in for a series and see what he can do. I I agree. I mean, he's got the talent. Uh, he's probably more of a game-breaker. Auburn has talent. Uh, they always do. They always have good players. They always have good recruits. So, and but it is it, it would be a tough spot for you. Certainly don't he look? He wants to play Sean Clifford no matter what anywhere. Uh, he wanted to play Sean Clifford at home against Ohio. Uh, he certainly doesn't want to play a, a freshman in uh, in that environment. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a big game. It's going to be a very good game. Uh, I liked when they set this thing up. It's yeah. a good home and home. It was a good game when uh, when Auburn visited uh, College Station, and uh, I like they're doing the orange out kind of a little, right. uh, you know, shoot well, back at you kind of thing yeah. with the white out. It's a it's a bragging rights game, you know. Both schools think they have great fans, and they're both right, but they want to say we our fans are better than your fans. And yeah, they had a phenomenal atmosphere last year in uh, Happy Valley, and so Auburn, you know, and boy, do they can they do it at Auburn, and so they will be as jacked up for any game that's not the Iron Bowl, you'll probably see down there. Uh, they both also, you know, they're always trying to fight with the, you know, the powerhouse neighbor, Ohio State, Alabama. And so it's a good way. I, I just liked when this series was set up. It was like, hey, we're going to command some attention and and do that. So two night games, two good games. 
Uh, we will see. All right. Uh, Notre Dame is now without its starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, who was not great to start the season, 28 of 50, 374 yards, 378. No touchdowns and two interceptions, but he is now out with surgery on his non-throwing shoulder through January. Drew Pine is in, and there's not a lot of depth after that. Marcus Freeman needs to beat Cal. So we'll talk about that, I guess, uh, more on the race for the case. But just uh, thoughts on losing uh, Buckner on an offense that already looks challenged. Yeah. I <laughs> good, good luck, Marcus Freeman. You start the season, you start your career 0-3, and, and now you've lost your starting quarterback. Uh, they've got issues. They do. They, you know, Drew Pine is at least he's taken a lot of snaps. He played important snaps last year against Wisconsin when they won the game. So it's not like he's, you know, going to walk in and just be scared. But I, he's not terribly talented. I still think Steve Angeli, freshman who was in early for spring, saw him in the spring game, showed some stuff. Four-star guy from New Jersey could end up being the best chance for them at quarterback this year. But is he ready? You know, right now for week three, just kind of being thrown into the mix, that might be a lot to ask. So they've got problems there. You know, another situation where that offense is, boy, it, it just is not moving. It's not doing anything. The folks at Marshall were very surprised that at the end of the game, knowing that Notre Dame was bigger and stronger than they, than they were, they didn't just go three tight ends and just push them down the field in the second half. Uh, Marshall was very happy they chose not to do that. You know, so whether it's scheme, whether it's strategy, or whether it's just not enough good players, Notre Dame's offense is a hot mess right now. All right. Hot messes, Iowa. Uh. Iowa offense is terrible. But, man, some fan out there, tremendous work. Uh, this is the troll of the year. It's incredibly mean. <laughs> Obviously, we're fans. There is a thing called Cameo. You can pay somebody famous and they will give you a, you know, a, a wish you well or give you a little message, right? In this case, we're talking about Bob Stoops, mm -hmm. former uh, Oklahoma Sooner coach, a former Hawkeye player. You could pay 250 bucks and Bob Stoops will send a little video message saying, hey, you know, congratulations, Billy and Sarah, on your 15th wedding anniversary, Boomer Sooner, right? Or, hey, Jack, good job on the promotion. We're excited for you here, Coach Stoops. Or, you know, some of these guys, maybe not the coaches, you get them to say anything. Who, who knows what yeah, this is? right. So uh, an Iowa fan, it, it appears, uh, and we're going to play this cameo, paid Bob Stoops $250 to essentially – uh, discuss someone named Brian who is in the family business. And it said uh, his father, you know, tell him the family supports you and his father loves you, but don't be afraid to leave the family business is basically the message. Now in Iowa, there is someone named Brian <laughs> who is also known as Brian Ferentz. And he is the offensive coordinator. And his dad is the head coach, Kirk Ferentz. And the Iowa offense sucks. <laughs> like, historically sucks. Yes. And they have an yes. incredible defense and special teams. If this, te if this offense was even 
not even average. No, if the offense was just bad, they'd be okay. But it's worse <laughs> than bad. They'd be two and zero, looking at the Big Ten West, saying we're winning this. And instead, they're awful. So somebody says, "Let's get the message through. Let's hire Bob Stoops to deliver this cameo." Play it, Sean. Hello there, Brian. Bob Stoops here, saying hi. And uh, listen, I know you've had a tough couple of uh, two, three years there, but the good news is your family still supports you, buddy, especially your dad. He wants you to know that. But uh, and even though everyone else seems to be against you, sometimes the best advice is to break free from the family business, man. Go do what you got to do. So uh, anyhow, all the best to you and a big boomer sooner and good luck. <laughs> just, just vicious. Absolutely genius fan. <laughs> genius viciousness. <laughs> I love it. Coach Stoops. He's just like, all right, this is a weird one, but I just made 250. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's not paying any attention. <laughs> uh, they also got Fran McCaffrey, the basketball coach, to talk about <laughs> having Brian encouraging Brian to move back east. <laughs> Cameo trolling is the new thing. (laughs) This is good. You got to be careful now, these guys. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get on Cameo. I'll say anything. (laughs) Can I get on Cameo? You send me money. I'll make fun of your offensive coordinator every day of the week. I don't think it'll work. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And that's the thing. You you would do it wittingly and intentionally, unlike Bob Stoops. Wouldn't be. I mean, that is just vicious. (laughs) A couple. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. Uh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> college football fans are just—they're uh, priceless. I mean, but, yeah, it's just such a random one too. I wonder what Stoops thought when he got that script. So like, yeah, a new right. one. I'm usually doing like christenings, and you know, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Good luck. Congratulations on, the on your retirement. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, we're gonna encourage him. Uh, you can see he's just reading an email. Same with uh, sure. Fran McCaffrey. Yeah. And Fran McCaffrey, I mean, like, you're you're a current coach. At Iowa. At Iowa. I mean, you <laughs> fell for it. But you really need the two, 250 bad? Who the hell's, right. Who the hell's paying <laughs> Fran McCaffrey to say anything to him? <laughs> How much is a Fran McCaffrey cameo? Let me check this out. So yeah, find out. Get, get, get us a cost on that. Hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll research it. What? <laughs> Does 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 Brian Ferentz have to uh, address the cameo? <laughs> oh, uh, Fran McCaffrey's fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Uh, all uh, at all benefits to the American Cancer Society. I see okay, he turns, all right, it all right, okay. turns it on. Turns it on. I see. Can't. All right. It's can't. not. He's not just being grossly greedy. I mean, so like, good. dude, you're making like four mil. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. coaches need but, to be careful? <laughs> yeah, you could end up. <laughs> Being used against your own school. See if uh, Stoops puts out one congratulating Scott, Scott and Lincoln, Nebraska for his divorce <laughs> or, his, or his career change or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll just start using Stoops as the multi-purpose uh, troll cameo guy. So Stoops, he doesn't have to say. I mean, obviously he knows the ferret. I mean, the ferret's family's like so well respected. I mean, oh yeah. So that's bad, but McCaffrey, like you might, like, that's an awkward staff meeting. That's tough. Gary Bart is in there, like, oh, Fran, do you know what 
you were talking about here? No, they're gonna have they're gonna have to hire like a director of cameo <laughs> each of these schools to make sure director that director of cameo investigation. Yeah, you yeah. know they will. You know yeah. they will. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. There's one more staff football staff position in College Sports Inc. But yeah, Fran probably needs to go over to the football complex and just poke his head in and say, uh, sorry. Sorry about Didn't that. Didn't mean it. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh Spencer Petrus is expected to still start. See, now that's just this is stubbornness to the point of arrogance. Because look, I don't care how bad Alex Padilla is, the backup. Uh, you know, he played some last year. He wasn't very good, but you have to try something different. You're last in the nation by a mile in total yards per game. You are last in the nation by a mile in yards per play. You can't move the ball. How much do you have to beat your head into a brick wall before you put a helmet on your head and do it? I mean, come on. You've got to play the next guy. You can't keep going like this. I mean, the good news is Nevada shows up. They just gave up 55 to Incarnate Word. <laughs> it's kind of a bad sign. I mean, you've got to get something going. Yeah. The Iowa's only touchdown was because, like, a block punt set them up with, like, a, a, a incredibly short field, right? Their touchdown, their one touchdown drive of the year was 16 yards. Yeah. <laughs> drive. Their one field goal drive was, I believe, five yards. Yeah. I mean, come on. Incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Big 10 team could be that inept. Yeah. Yeah. Historically inept. I mean, it's a nice place. It's Iowa. They're yeah. friendly. Yeah. Their fans care. Well, I had a good oh, time there last year. Maybe yeah. that guy's mean. Just when you think <laughs> Iowa nice, right? They always talk about yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Iowa nice. Yeah, you're not nice. Yeah. You're not nice. No. no. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Uh, all right, big one here. Missouri State is visiting Arkansas, and you say, why is that interesting? Oh, it's interesting. Well, the Missouri coach is one named Bobby Petrino, <laughs> who Pat once referred to as a, what would, is it? The disingenuous drifter. D disingenuous drifter. Yeah. Uh, that includes his run at Arkansas, where he, man, they were good. They were yeah. good. Uh, then on uh, April Fool's Day, 2012, he's riding his Harley, and he skids off the road for an accident and uh, turns up in this neck brace and his face all beaten up. It was very uh, scary. Yeah, yeah. First reaction, oh, gosh, I'm glad Bobby's still alive. That yes. Bad. Uh, it was a winding road near Crosses, Arkansas. And uh, so you thought, geez, he's just out getting a ride on his Harley and enjoying a spring day. Team was really good. I think they were like 11 and two. Then it turns out he was not. It was not a single passenger accident. <laughs> there happened to be a, a former volleyball player at the university. Uh, we'll spare her name who he had hired 
mm-hmm. to work on the staff and once given her 20 grand to buy a car. And her name was not Mrs. Petrino. <laughs> 10 days later, he was gone with cause, I would think. Yeah. The many tumultuous moments of uh, Bobby Petrino. He gets busted up, caught cheating, and loses his SEC job. <laughs> I mean, that was that was an SEC chapter right there. That's for sure. Sean, uh, play the song, our favorite song on this, from Chris Vernon uh, out of Memphis. Great uh, media radio host and content provider. Very famous for his master's work, too. Uh, oh, play yeah. play the song, Sean. Riding down the highway, a girl's on my bike. Man, I never felt so alive. Screaming pig suey at the top of our lungs. Man, I never had this much fun. But then she reached around and put her hand on my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. <laughs> Next thing I knew, I wound up in a ditch. Oh, man, I should have never messed with this. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. Girl in the athletic department in the volleyball shorts. My face is messed up, my Harley's in the shop, and I don't know if I'll keep my job. All because she reached around to my thigh. I was in heaven and I closed my eyes. Thing I knew I wound up in a ditch. Oh man, I should have never messed with this girl in the athletic department in the volleyball All right. shorts. <laughs> Beware the, of the girl in the, the ballad of Bobby Petrino <laughs> by Chris Vernon, an American classic. An American classic. <laughs> we, I, I wish we had the pod on April Fool's Day, 2012. I know. We Emergency gone hard pod. That one. Yeah. Well, guess who's uh, returning to the to Fayetteville? He, he, he Do not take the team bus. Petrino needs to roll up on a Harley. <laughs> he needs to own it. <laughs> he needs to roll up on a Harley. That would require multiple things that Bobby Petrino does not have, starting with a sense of humor. <laughs> he doesn't have that. Uh, secondly, he, he doesn't have any humility. Thirdly, I, he just, he's incapable. No, there's no way. No, 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 not happening. Not happening. Sorry. Would make for, would make for great scene, but it's not happening. I'm shocked. Here's what I am shocked that they're playing the game. Now, I mean, I guess they scheduled this before Petrino became the coach at Missouri state. I mean, he's been there three years. I know. So, did they schedule him before or not? Probably. I, I, but still, like, yeah, but if he can get money, he'll he'll he'll. There's no level of humiliation that he wouldn't accept no. for money. No, no. So, like, I'm not I'm not shocked Missouri State is doing it still, but I'm a little shocked that Arkansas would like bother to have this whole thing dredged back up. I mean, I would have bought out of the game. I would have given Missouri State seven hundred thousand dollars to cancel. You know, well, he pro- they probably thought that most people are mature enough to move past it, <laughs> not bring it up, not really, not laugh and giggle like a couple idiots. <laughs> they would clearly be wrong in our case. Yeah, not build a good punk chunk of the podcast around it. Yeah, there's also I do not think this like Petrino's a good coach, and Missouri State's made the 
made the FCS playoffs last year. I do not think this is going to happen, especially the way Sam Pittman's got it going. But this would be one humiliating loss of all. Like this would Ooh. be one of the most humiliating losses of all time. Of all time. Like at least when you lost, at least when A and M lost to Appalachian State or 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 Notre Dame lost to Marshall last week. Like they weren't sitting there going like, you know, Charles Huff wasn't like didn't have some history that like right. No, they they just lost bad games. That's right. embarrassing. You, but this would be with all the baggage attached. Oh my god, hysterical. It would be one of the worst losses of all time. It really would be. Like, but <laughs> here he is. He's back. The guy can coach. No one ever oh, said yeah. he couldn't coach now. Oh, no, no. And here's the funny thing. This is like, you know, Bobby, like people were surprised that Missouri State gave him the job because he had just run himself out of so many other things. But it's like, okay, first of all, Missouri State wants to win. Yes, he'll do that. And he started to do that. But if anybody thought that Bobby Petrino was like, man, I'm so grateful to Missouri State for giving me this chance. I'll never look at another job again. Ha! No. Don't get your hopes up. That's not the way this is going down. Petrino last year was ready, hoping to get involved for some uh, FBS jobs for sure. And, 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, the end at Louisville was not good. Other than that, he's done a great job everywhere. Uh, in, in at FBS, it certainly did not do very well at the Falcons, and didn't and quit in the middle of the season. Um, yeah, everything and, ends badly for him, but there's usually some good, good, good seasons along the way. And really, the 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 bike accident with the the non Mrs. Petrino. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of just a personal thing. The issue was he hired this person. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you've now violated, like, even in Arkansas, that's against the law. <laughs> Yes, that becomes a fireable offense. <laughs> Even like they're like, well, all right, we can't can't be hiring the. Yeah, I mean, they ain't got a lot of laws down there, but <laughs> woo pig. <laughs> Unfortunately, I will always carry that with me. How it ended there, Trino told Chris Lowe at ESPN.com. There's instantly a reaction when you hear my that my name, whether it's negative or positive. I wish it was more positive, but it's probably more negative, and a lot of that's on me. <laughs> but a lot of those people don't really know me. They know what happened when I was fired in Arkansas and how poorly I handled everything, and that's what sticks with them. Yep, that's why we're, that's true. A lot of that's on me. How about all of it's on me? Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> that's beautiful. So that's, yeah, this is one of those where, where karma brings this game together and suddenly you have an absolutely fascinating FBS versus FCS game. TV ratings in from last week's Mm, Alabama-Texas game, 10 point, basically 10.6 million watched the game. Wow. And it's a noon game. The big noon, big noon. Audience peaked at 15.1 million. Wow. Now you're in the NFL category. Yeah. Uh, Just edged out Ohio State-Notre Dame the week before. Which was primetime. Which was primetime, but we already have two 10 million-plus games. Two weeks into the season. Well, we're going to get one this week, but it's the fourth most watched regular season college football game in Fox history behind only three different times, Ohio State, Michigan. It's funny how people want to watch good teams play each other. I think if you're Greg Sankey, you're like, that's why we got Texas. Yeah. I'm enjoying yeah. Play, having this game set up every few, every few weeks, every few years, I mean. 
this is why conference expansion is happening. Brand versus brand, make it exciting. If the game turns out to be close, Bama might go down. Boom, 15 million people are watching from 315 to 330. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, yeah, it's an absolute ratings gold mine. And once again, I believe it was somebody on this podcast. Yeah, it might have been you who said that perhaps NIL will not ruin fan interest. 10 million times two already, two weeks. Yeah, that, this is true. I mean, if you want to bring up that I was right, if you want to bring it up, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, I mean, of course. Oh, no, no, you would never do that. They argued to the Supreme Court. <laughs> This is not just like a little argument, like some assistant AD somewhere at a, at a media day. <laughs> College Sports Inc., NCA lawyers, they spent millions and millions of law lawyers in legal fees fighting all the way to the Supreme Court to fight academic awards being given out, cash awards yeah. for academics to student athletes. Yeah, totally they, like $11,000 right, 11, per athlete. The argument was that would make, let alone NIL, the athletes professional. It would turn college football, all college sports, into minor league sports, which aren't popular, and it would end the unique relationship between the fans and the sport, and the sport would suffer. They argued this to the Supreme Court. (laughs) They were 100% wrong. They're always 100% wrong. (laughs) They're the same people who said a playoff would ruin everything. They're the same people saying that we need guardrails. They're the same (laughs) people who said stipends would be unfair. They're the same people that cry and cry and cry. They're always wrong. (laughs) I'm always right. (laughs) There we go. Just Uh. saying. <laughs> Amazingly, nobody watched the game. All 17 was it 15.1 million saw were watching the game, saw a Fansville ad. Wait a minute, that's Bryce Young in the Fansville ad. I can't continue to watch this thrilling football game. I no longer I have to like turn it off right now. I yeah. no longer like exciting American football. <laughs> I am outraged. This Bryce Young character is not just a poor student. <laughs> I must turn it off. It's out of control. They're lying. They're wrong. <laughs> They're always wrong. Stop listening to them. Stop writing stories about how this is all. It's the Wild West. It ain't That's happening. The, best thing. The, the, the Wild West line has been used. 40 years than, of Wild West. Yeah. Same yeah. people making the same argument. It's just the same argument in a different context. Yeah. They could save yep. so much trouble if they had just you just hired me before. I'll tell you <laughs> when you guys are clowns. I should be that's what I, my job should be. Yeah, right. Are we you acting like clowns? Let's call Dan. <laughs> He'll tell us. That's yeah. That you'd be the assistant, the the, the vice NCAA vice president in charge of cl- cl- clown police. Yes, you know? I, I would do yeah. it for a two hundred and fifty dollar cameo. <laughs> two fi- give me the two fifty. I'll be. I'll do. A, hey, you guys are. This is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm betting well, that Americans will continue to like watching football. <laughs> you bet that they don't. Good. Let's see how this turns out. Right. I'm betting that as sports wagering <laughs> continues, that this will increase the interest. You bet that it won't. 
One of you is betting on Because fans will be IBM. so worried that the games are being thrown that they'll yeah. stop watching. They argued that one. They argue everything. One of you is one of you's investing in IBM stock. The other's investing in Blockbuster. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, if you're going to bring it up, that's all. You know what I mean? If you're going to, I, 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 I shouldn't have teed it up that that easily for you. It's a, I, I absolutely grooved a pitch to you. All right, another good game. Michigan State travels to Washington. Uh, we don't know quite what to make of either team. Uh, Michigan State and both teams have looked very, very good early, but there's not been much competition. Credit this one for Mel Tucker. Jacoby Winman Woo. is a linebacker transfer from UNLV. Yeah. Former two-star out of Louisiana. Two games, two Big Ten Player of the Week awards. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing at Michigan State in identifying guys to transfer, but they got Kenneth Walker last year and it jump-started the program, and now Jacoby Winman looks phenomenal. Yeah. And they pluck him off a of UNLV. So, State could be very good. This is a big game. They're on the road. Washington has not been good, but they look good so far. Kalen DeBoer, big-time winner, shows up from Fresno. They've got Michael Penix Jr. The transfer portal allows them to reboot very quickly. I don't know what to make of this game, but I think it'll tell us a lot about both programs and, and, and what's potential. What are, you, what are you looking for here? Yeah, my my guess is that Washington's talent wasn't as far down as it looked last year. Uh, I think they were badly coached, and they ended up pulling the plug, you know, pretty early on. I think with like four weeks left on Jimmy Lake, uh, and you know, I, I just think they needed better coaching. I think they needed a fresh start with the the, the a lot of the same players, and then you you plug in a good quarterback. You bring in Kalen DeBoer, who's an offensive guy. And who's goes back to, you know, he goes back. He was on the staff at Indiana when Penix was there. So those two guys have a relationship. Penix is reborn. I mean, he was brutal last year at Indiana. Now he looks like he did in 2020 so far at Washington. And so I think they are not in over their heads against a good Michigan State team. I mean, I would not be shocked if uh, uh, Washington's in this game or wins this game. I think that, uh, you know, this, well, this they're the we, betting we, favorites. Are they? Three and a half point favorites at home. I think Husky wow. Stadium okay. would be jacked up. Wow. I think, you know, there there's a Washington's got a great fan base and they're they're dying to win. Yeah. And they haven't lately. And I mean, I, it's like, hey, we got a new coach. We got a fresh quarterback. And I know it's Portland State and Kent State, but we look good. So, and we got a Big Ten team coming, uh, you know, and it's a big matchup. I think it's going to be a great scene up there. Yeah, they'll be sailgating out there in the Lake Washington. Yep. You know, they 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 bring the sailboats up and you you tailgate out there. It's I mean, phenomenal scene, one of the best uh, settings in college football. And yeah, I think they they will be very very excited. And Michigan State better bring the A game for that one. Yeah, and you know, Michigan State is is trying to make that move to be you know a perennial top 15 program like that's the expectations mel tucker does not shy away from it he is recruiting aggressively he's certainly got this huge contract he is there well this is the game you got to win yep you know and that's they they won that game last year they went to miami yep early in the season i think it was week 3 then yeah and just punked miami in the fourth quarter uh and that really kind of jump started them or, or really set them on that course of that great season so 
This is a similar sort of challenge. If you're going to be in that peak part, particularly the, you can really only lose to Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Right. If it's going to be a four-team battle in the in the Big Ten East, then you've got to prove that you're in there. And to do that, you've got to beat a Washington team, uh, even when you're uh, you know you're the underdog, yep. even on the road. And yeah, I think this will be a much better. That that Washington team last year when they played Michigan at uh, at uh, in Ann Arbor, the big house. Yeah, they were terrible. Holy cow, that team quit. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the worst yeah. looking teams I've ever seen. Yeah, very very bad on offense, and then yeah, eventually the whole team just collapsed. Yeah, whole new do- deal. Uh, really really big game for Washington though. I'm I'm you know night game. I'm guessing they will have a tremendous amount of recruits on campus. Huge for them to kind of re recontrol Seattle uh, area and, and the Pacific Northwest and, and try to, you know, keep some of that talent home because it's a pretty awesome place to watch a game. Yeah, it is. It, again, college football is one of those places. It's better when Washington matters. That's good. All right. Hey, Dan, I did want to bring this up since uh, we talked about the backwater that is uh, College Station, Texas, and we talked about how pretty Boone, North Carolina is. I did something in the 40-yard dash this week on the – the most underrated stadium settings in the sport, and then the dumps in the sport, the worst ones, the ugly ones. And really, truth be told, look, there's so much money in the sport now, there's not that many ugly stadiums, right? No. Everybody has gussied up their stadiums to look nice, but some are nicer than others. I also, we talked about the sailgating in Seattle at, at Washington. That's, to me, one of the underrated ones. I am sitting, we are taping this podcast, I am sitting in Joan C. Edwards Stadium in Marshall, Surrounded by the hills of Appalachia, uh, Appalachia, I should say, and uh, it's Which very one pretty is it there? here. Is it Appalachia in West Virginia? Or is it Appalachia? I'm pretty sure That's it's the... Appalachia. All right, it's right across the river from Kentucky, and I think they and say Ohio. Appalachia. Yeah, right. right up. Ironton, Ohio, to one side, Kentucky to the other. Hills all around. It's very, it's beautiful here. Uh, but anyway, what your thoughts? You got any uh, favorite hidden gem stadiums that you really like, and then ones that big antiseptic, charmless places you've been? Uh, I will say Huntington, West Virginia, is one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, I have not seen a football game there, but I have been inside that stadium. But it is a awesome little town. It's like four blocks wide. Yeah, <laughs> river there. It's it it's just it's a fun fun place. And, uh, yeah, cool views, all of that. I mean, I don't know what's rated or not rated. I've, I've always said on this podcast, Army to me, West Point is yes. as good as it gets. You want to go to one, like, it's just beautiful. And you get the right mm-hmm. day up there. Uh, and West Point's just an amazing place. We know my, uh, my devotion to the Sun Bowl in El Paso. Yes. Both of those are on my list, Mikey Stadium and the Sun Bowl. Yeah. yeah, the Sun Bowl. I mean, it's tucked inside this mountain. They just built it in the yeah. in the mountain. And the view, uh, at least on one side, just the glimmering lights of El Paso and Juarez, Mexico, uh, is an amazing place to watch a football game. A great, like, hot desert night, but it's, like, dry. Uh, so those are... Those are uh, those stand out. I'm trying to Miami, Ohio's got a great stadium. Ohio University. Yep. Both of those are really pretty college towns that you may not uh you may not consider to be to be really pretty towns. I'm just trying to think of some others that would be Yeah, Utah, I mean uh, BYU, I think gorgeous there. That sure. like the, the Wasatch Mountains almost like jump out of a stadium. Like, All of so Utah. Utah, yeah. BYU, Utah State. 
Yeah. Uh, and Weber State. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to Weber. Ogden, right? Yeah. All of that. that I mean, that's just awesome area. Yep. Dumps. Man, the old UNLV stadium was horrible. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That campus. Oof. That, 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 that is but not now too they're charming. In, now they're in the NFL stadium there. Right. Right. I mean, Miami. I mean, that's just hard rock. Yeah. It's right. Yeah, uh, all those, all the teams that play in NFL stadiums, I think you could say, are pretty charmless. I had, I had Texas A&M, I had Texas, which again, for a program of that distinction and a town of that much character, Daryl K. Royal Stadium is just a stadium to me. It's just there's nothing special to it. It's just kind of shoved into the. They built all around it. You know, there's there's no real great feel, I don't think, to going to a game there. You don't feel like you do at Notre Dame Stadium or at the Horseshoe or places like that. Uh, Carrier Dome, blech. It's not even called the Carrier Dome anymore. The worst one to me in the SEC is Williams-Brice at South Carolina. It's not on campus. It's like on the edge of the fairgrounds. Uh, they've done some stuff to make that nicer, but that's not. They've done. They. I would give you that. That is not. That should not be good at all. And it is a great environment, though. It is a great environment. Their yeah. pregame yeah. is really good. Their mm-hmm. in-game, they put in, like, remember, like, lots of condos and, like, these little trains that you can yeah. train, kabo- like, little train yeah, cars. Like the, cock- can, the cockaboose. The cockaboose, right? You can yeah. rent it yeah. and tailgate. Yeah. Considering that is, like, a stadium by, like, a, yeah, it's, like, by a rail yard, right? Yeah, by the yeah the, the rail yard and the, and the state fair. Uh-huh. Yeah, that is that should be terrible, and it's really good. So you kind of got a credit. Although, I think we're contractually obligated to not say anything nice about South Carolina since they nixed Cock Commander. That's true. If they put Cock Commander, we would be t- it'd be a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, underrated, overrated. I don't know. They're all pretty fun. Hit us on Twitter, listeners, and let us know what yeah, you think. Yeah, tell us your most underrated and overrated stadium environments. I've always loved Nippert Stadium at Cincinnati. It's a great one. Different, you know, different setting than a lot of the other ones because it's in an urban campus, but it's beautifully situated on campus, and you just feel like you're in this cool little little place. Yeah. All right. Um, before we uh, end the show, we'll do Race for the Case later in the week, uh, and hopefully Ross will be back for that. Um, I did want to get to this because uh been great news this week out of uh, the Ukraine or Ukraine, as they just want to be called, not the Ukraine. The uh, war, they're having, you know, obviously a big war, and Ukraine's doing well. I'm rooting for Ukraine. Yeah. Love sporting a home dog. <laughs> Don't bet against a home dog. They got a lot of fight in them. Send this is a feisty home dog, for sure. Probably controversial somehow to root for Ukraine, but I'm doing it. I'm putting it out there. I'm on their side. Kharkiv is the city that has been uh, under a lot of attacks, uh, it's the whole area has been liberated this week. It's great. And it's the second uh, most heartwarming news. Uh, earlier this week, a chimpanzee uh, at, at ran away from the Kharkiv Zoo. Got loose in the streets of Kharkiv. If there's ever a time when you don't really even, like, that's like a lower concern. It's during a war with Russia. <laughs> right. like, normally, yeah. like, if, if you tell me there's a chimpanzee has escaped from the zoo and is in my neighborhood, I'm not leaving the house. But... <laughs> Ukraine's other reasons. Ukrainians don't care about anything anymore. So the chimpanzee ran away. The zookeeper found the uh, chimpanzee at a park. They were trying to get the, uh, it's a female chimpanzee. 
She kept her distance from keepers who were following, scampering from a university to a nearby city square. Uh, and finally, uh, the Ukrainian zookeepers, it started to rain. They offered the chimp a raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> and the chimp accepted. <laughs> She got caught because she didn't want to get wet. I mean, you'd think a Ukrainian chimp would be really tough. Like, tough. <laughs> they put the raincoat on her and then gave her a hug. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, then they put the, the chimp, and this is the amazing video that was sent. This is the most sent to us thing. They put the chimp on a bicycle. The zookeeper had a bicycle. <laughs> they put the, the chimp on the bicycle and they wheeled her. There's three zookeepers here, two women and a and a guy, and they wheeled her back to the to Kharkiv Zoo. And it's a great video. She's just sitting on this bike, getting a nice ride through the park. <laughs> wow, that's the, that's kind of a soft story for us, you know. I mean, we're like well, that, that's like a heartwarming kind of story. I, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't even want me to make fun of Ukraine. Like they've had no, these poor no, people. No, 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 no. Yeah, but like if the chimp had beaten up people, it would might be more kind of our kind of story. I, I would have preferred if like a Russian soldier tried to mess with the chimp and it just yeah, got ragdolled. Kicked its ass. Yeah, yeah. I would have been fine with that, but no. Uh, if you want a funny video, there's a chimp just riding a bicycle. Okay. I don't in, know. In war-torn Ukraine. I don't know. A lot of people said this. They thought, only the, the viewers are right. They, the listeners are right. They know what we like. Yeah. And I mean, they know that we 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 have a thing for animal stories. So. Say something nice. Say so, I just said something nice. <laughs> you, you did. Free Unbelievable. Ukraine. Free Ukraine. You know, you're not even contractually obligated to say anything nice on Tuesdays. No. You did. No. All right. Going soft. Wetzel going soft, going soft on the pod. So yeah, chimp, it's a car key. All right, we'll be back later in the week. Race for the case. Picks have been bad so far, but um, just pick against us. We're trying. We're rallying. We're getting a little better. I don't know if we are, and I would just pick against everything I say. Just pick against it. I'm going to go on a heater soon, though. So whatever. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>